Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
This is Prayer International. Uh, welcome to another show. My name is Patrick Sanders. I'll be your host. And the theme of this hour of uh, Prayer International is staying in the Word, the importance of God's Word. Everything was made by God's Word. And uh, even intercession and prayer is made on the basis of God's Word. It forms the basis of our calling and crying out and supplication unto God. So before even prayer takes place, uh, you have to be founded in God's word. You've got to be rooted in the power of it. And in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. And when we're in Adam, we're in slavery. We're in servitude. We're not in sonship, but Jesus came to put us into that perfect sonship where we have the inheritance of heaven, that we can walk in everything that he walked in. Jesus was our example that uh, we can have everything that he has, and Jesus said the things that I do, you'll do also, and uh, even more powerful things. And so what did Jesus do? Well, he commanded the elements, the storm on the Sea of Galilee, he rebuked it, and there was a great calm. He healed the sick of all kinds of sickness, all kinds of physical maladies. He cast demons out. And great were the works of Christ. And his life is the example of the sonship that he has called us into. He has called us into that power. He's called us into that same glory that he himself enjoys in it. In it upon the earth and that's a great and powerful truth that's something to rejoice over greatly about but it doesn't just uh, come automatically it is, says again in John chapter 1 verse 12 but as many as received him who's him him is the word it says uh, he sent his word to heal us and deliver us from our destructions there was a time in numbers chapter 21 where the people of God were bit by serpents and they were dying because of the poison. And Moses was told by God to make a brazen serpent and to put it upon a pole, which represents Christ's coming crucifixion. And it says that all that looked to the pole and upon this brazen serpent that was lifted up, that they would be healed of their serpent bites. And um, the same thing is true today that if we look upon the word of God, which was sent to heal us and deliver us from our destructions, then we too will be delivered out of the servanthood to uh, bondage of all manner of sins, all manner of workings of powers and principalities and dark rulers in the heavenlies that will be lifted up, will be delivered from that servanthood. And it does not come automatically. You've actually got to look to the word and um, so it says, John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, who is him? Him is the word. And uh, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, to become what Christ was, to do what he did. Uh, that stepping uh, stone is the word of God. Thus, the importance of God's word and that uh, we've got to stay in God's word, and we've got to encourage one another to get in his word. I really like that 
simple story in Numbers chapter 1, you'll find that in the Old Testament, the New Testament has actually been embedded within the Old Testament. And uh, we'll see vice versa that the New Testament will actually quote things that happened uh, in the Old Testament. So that brazen serpent being lifted up in the wilderness by Moses, it's spoken of in John chapter 3. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth into him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth into him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we see that those people who looked upon the brazen serpent did not perish, but they came into everlasting life. What is everlasting life? It's the type and quality of life that God himself enjoys. And what type of life and quality of life did Christ have upon the earth, but that of exercising power upon demons and healing every sickness and disease, multiplying food, stopping storms? How would you like the power upon the earth? to do those same things. Well, it says in in Titus, the repeat, it says in Titus 1, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So uh, eternal life, God promised it to us. What is eternal life? Eternal life is for now. Eternal life is the type and quality of life that God himself enjoys and walks in and experiences. And Christ was that model upon the earth so that we could likewise walk in the same thing and enjoy the same thing that Jesus did, walking in that same power, walking in that same glory, that same resurrection that he himself walked in. And this was promised to us before the world began. And so... Eternal life is packaged in promise. It is accessed by promise. God's word is promised. It is the bridge that you have to cross over in order to enter in. You just don't receive it automatically uh, because you've been born again. You've got the seed of the hope in you, but you've got to believe into it. Uh, God has raised up his word, and you've got to look upon it. You've got to look upon that gospel and enter into it, for it says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. So here today, in this day, we are to hear his voice. And it's looking about uh, back upon the provocation of those in the Old Testament that did not enter into the promise of God did not enter into that type and quality that God of life that God himself has set aside and called us to enjoy, doing even the same works that Jesus did. So the, the Hebrew writer here, chapter 3, verse 15, says this, while it is said today, right now, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned 
whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So this is uh, the work that, that God is doing that uh, he would have us to uh, understand that it is a work of belief. It is a work of faith. It is a work of the Lord uh, that we have to enter in by faith, by the word, by the promise. And so as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of who is him. Him is Jesus. Him is the word. Him is the promise. And you've got to receive it because it says, so we see they could not enter in to that same quality of life and existence that Jesus himself enjoyed upon the earth. They could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you've got to mix faith with the word. The word just doesn't work on its own. Uh, you just don't automatically enter into the same works that Jesus did. Otherwise, we'd be seeing it everywhere in every church all the time. It's not automatic. You have to respond to the promise. You've got to receive the word to as many as received him. To them gave he power to become like Jesus, like like the Son of God. To them gave he power to become sons, to do what Jesus did. So God has ordained that his word has to come forth. forth. It has to come first. Uh, you've got to have his word. You've got to believe. You've got to receive. You've got to understand. You've got to respond to it. You have to respond to the promise. And as you respond, as you hear, as you add action to your faith, as you step out of the boat by faith, then God's word is going to manifest in power in your life. He sent his word to heal us and to deliver us from our destructions. His word has power. And as many as receive it to them, they step out of of servanthood and they step into sonship. Jesus, uh, in John chapter 8, let's go ahead and turn there. He was speaking with the Pharisees, and the Pharisees thought that they had sonship automatically. But Jesus said to them, you have to receive the truth in order to set you free from the lie. You have to receive the truth in order to step out of the old man, out of the old Adam, and to step into that new quality of life that Christ has for us. John 8, verse 31, And then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the, the son abideth ever. 
If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So these people who were the seed of Abraham, you know, they just thought it was automatic that they had sonship. But Jesus said, no, you're, you're actually servants to sin. And the servant does not abide in the house, but the son abides forever. And when we believe, we receive that same inheritance, that same quality of life that Jesus knew and enjoyed and modeled for us, that we too would walk in the same works and do the same things that Jesus did. It is by receiving his word that uh, we are brought to that place. So that's how important uh, God's word is. That's how important staying in his word is. You can't stay in his word apart from fellowship. You can't be isolated. You're eventually, your light's going to burn out and uh, the enemy's going to take you over when you're on your own. That's why it says don't forsake the fellowship. And our fellowship is in the word. We all can agree in the scriptures and the holiness of it. And that's how we come together in fellowship. And that's how we strengthen one another is through his word. It says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 18, For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. And promise is not a works, it's a faith. Faith is not a works. So it is by promise that we enter in and enjoy this eternal life, this type of life that Christ himself enjoys. There was a serpent lifted up in the wilderness, and all who looked upon it were made whole of their poison, of their serpent bites. And that was the good news embedded in the Old Testament that, uh, as I read before in John 3, that as many as look upon Christ, as many as believe on him, if you believe into him, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. You'll walk in that same thing that Jesus himself walked in. So, Father God, we just give you thanks and praise in the mighty name of Jesus that you've called us to this great glory. It says uh, you've called us by your gospel into the attaining of this glory and that all flesh shall see it. Father, we prepare a way. We make a way in our wilderness. Lord, we get back into our word. We get back into our scriptures. Father, we fast from the internet. We fast from media. And we open up the scriptures, Father God, and we chew on it, Lord, even though it's dry and it's dead and our flesh doesn't want to do it, Lord God, but we chew on, on this, this dead word until it becomes living word in our hearts, Lord God, till it sinks down deep and enlightens and crowns our mind with the glory and the anointing of our Father in heaven. Father, we praise you that your glory is here. We praise you, Father, that the door is open through the promise of God, that your promises are yea and amen, that you would not have us to receive the grace of God in vain. O oh, Lord God, that the blood of Jesus would not be spilled in vain for any of us, Lord God, but we would be able to truly enter into the works of Christ and the same things he did. We would also likewise do those things now, here in this present time. For in this day we harden not our hearts, we provoke not, Lord, as they did in days of old, but we look upon that present serpent 
we look upon that word that is sent unto us, Father, for you sent your word to heal us and deliver us from our destruction. We lift up our eyes from that which chokes us, Father. We lift up our eyes from the distractions. We don't look upon the winds and the waves, but we look upon Christ and we walk on water. We do the supernatural, Father, when we behold your word. For the promise thereof and the goodness and the virtue transfers from it into us, Lord God. We thank you for the sonship that you've called us to. We thank you that we have access to the house. And in the house is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. In the house is the casting out of demons, the healing of the sick, the rebuking of nature, and commanding it to, to come into alignment with your word. Father, we have power on the earth to exercise authority, to subdue and take dominion, Father. And we just thank you for that, Father. We thank you for the power of it. We thank you that your word is like a hammer, that it breaks the rock asunder. We thank you that your word is like a sword, dividing between flesh and spirit and showing us who we really are in Christ from the old Adam, that we are new in our nature and our character, made in your image, Father. And so we just praise you today. We praise you, Father, that your word is in spirit form, that it has power, Lord God. Uh, it is not dead, but it is alive, and that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead now dwells in us. Father, we pray that you'd anoint our scriptures. We pray that you'd speak that living word of God and that we would give you the highest praise in Jesus' name.
Praise Jesus, we're back. This is Patrick uh, at Prayer International, and we're talking about the importance of staying in God's Word. The uh, next scripture I'd like to bring up is the prophecy given of our day from Jeremiah. It's in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, and uh, it says this, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now according to the covenant, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which, which by covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts. I will write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. This is the promise that the prophets of old desired to look into from time of old the gospels that would come unto us the good news that no longer would God write on tablets of stone or upon the papyrus of skins of animals that he would actually write his word intimately within each one of our own hearts and this is the desire that he has for you he desires to have a loving companionship with you through the reading the faithful and diligent reading of his holy scriptures which has been preserved through all these years, through the dark ages, that you have this holy papyri, this holy script of a God, this canonization from Genesis to Revelation, that you have at your fingertips at any moment <clears throat> the holy word that God desires to commune with you through uh, this means, this mechanism. He is the architect and he is the engineer of the way he desires to communicate with us and reading the word is something that comes with discipline and patience and it's just something that God wants to work in us. He wants to work that character and in this day and age we are distracted by media, by internet, by relationships, by so many things. But uh, I thank God for the things that go wrong I thank God for the problems. I thank God for the hindrances and the serpent bites of the enemy that comes through fam friends and family and church members because what that does is it, it puts me back into the Bible. It puts me back into that word where I want to get alone and open up this scripture. And as I read it, the Spirit of the Lord God writes upon my heart and he writes good news in the midst of my bad news. He writes victory in the midst of my defeat. He writes hope in the midst of my despair. So I'm just praising the Holy Spirit. I'm praising the Lord who is doing a work of salvation in my life. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as they communicate with us through the companionship of the Holy Scriptures. And we've taken uh, it for granted and we've turned our eyes into other idols and other things that we ought not look into. But he is faithful 
to draw our hearts unto himself. It says in John chapter 10 that uh, my sheep hear my voice. Hearing his voice is automatic. It is part of you being born again. When you were born in the natural, you did not have to do anything to hear. You were born hearing, and you didn't have to do anything to see. You were born seeing. And so it is in the spiritual that once you've been born again, you have ears. You have ears to hear your Father in heaven. And you've made the confession that Christ is your Lord and Savior and that the scriptures are of God. And so you've already got that working in you, even that faith, that belief, a mustard seed of faith in the scriptures. And as you turn and you look upon this brazen serpent that is upon this pole raised up in the wilderness, you'll find that there is a transfer of power and virtue that comes from this word into your being and enlightens your eyes and it strengthens your heart and it fills you with a glory in the midst of a time of darkness. Let's look at uh, Psalm chapter 19. And David is speaking about the power of God's holy word to bring change in his life. It says, uh, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. God's word is a healing property to it. It has a, a empowering property to it, that it has a cleansing ability, that it enlightens your eyes, it rejoices your heart, it converts your soul, it makes wise the simple. God's word is altogether good, it is altogether wonderful, and is altogether powerful. And I thank God for the problems that come up that cause my flesh to go back uh, to his word and to sit and to soak because uh, the flesh doesn't want to go there. It's independent. But it talks about, hark and behold, that a sower went out to sow his word and the, the seed fell upon four different soils. And one patch of ground was so distracted with media, they were so distracted with the drama going on in their relationships that they did not have time to look upon that brazen serpent that was being lifted up for them to enter into. There is a doorway, and that doorway is the Word of God. And as you look upon it and as you enter into it, you will enter into eternal life that has been promised for us before the foundation of the world. That eternal life is the same quality or type of life that Jesus himself lived while he was on the earth. And you get to enjoy that same thing. There was a group that uh, uh, the word of God fell on, and it says that then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. The purpose of God's word 
You're to believe it. You're to receive it that you might enter into salvation. And we need salvation in our wills, our hearts, our minds, our souls. We've got that born-again spirit, but there's a lot of messed up stuff going in, in our, on in our souls. So we have to keep on receiving that word to enter into that sanctification. It says in the, the New Living Translation, Luke chapter 8, verse 15, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and, patient, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Jesus walked and exemplified that huge harvest. And the bridge for us into it is clinging to his word. See, lots of people believe God's word, but who do you see clinging to it? Who are the good-hearted people who hear God's word and patiently produce a huge harvest? Because we don't want to be patient. We want the harvest, but we want the drive-through harvest. We want Amazon to deliver it to us the next day via UPS. And we don't want to have to wait for the huge harvest of the Lord. It says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. We've got to hear God's word. We've got to understand it. And then we're going we're gonna to bring forth that harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. We've got to cling to it, hear it, receive it, believe it, enter into it. Because God's word is a doorway, it's a pathway unto glory. It's a pathway unto blessing. It's a pathway unto all that is good and all that is empowering and can redeem uh, fallen mankind it says uh, the woman she said within herself if I but touch the hem of his garment I'll be made whole and power and virtue left Christ and entered into her because as many as uh, receive the word of God to them gives he power to become the sons of God well, a son of God doesn't walk around in sickness, and so this lady did not walk around in sickness anymore because she laid hold of, clung to, believed, received, understood, spoke the word with her mouth, and the power and the virtue and the promise of that reality of the word of God, the reality of Christ, the everlasting life, that kingdom life entered into her. And so she walked as a son of Abraham. She walked as one who was not afflicted with sickness or disease. Are you tired of being afflicted with your sin? Are you tired of being a servant? Are you tired of bowing before powers, principalities, rulers of darkness? Well, Jesus did not bow before them. That was that sonship life that he himself enjoyed because he walked in the house. Servants aren't in the house, but sons are in the house. And uh, that same type or quality of life that Jesus has, we ourselves can also walk in. And it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. We are not servants to the wicked one. 
We are not servants to the old Adam and his flesh, but we are citizens and saints of or in the household of God. We are in sonship. Jesus said only sons abide in the house. And the house is heaven. The house is the kingdom. And Jesus said, that kingdom comes, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, we give you praise that you've called us to glory. Lord, let your glory come down. Let, let us step into the kingdom that is within us. We give you thanks and praise, Father, that we are sons in the house, that we have access to everything that is in this house, Father, the house of healing, the house of power, the house of rejoicing in the midst of tribulation. We've got peace in the middle of a storm. We've got it all, Lord God, because we are sons and daughters of God. We are heirs of salvation. And we believe the still speaking small voice in the wilderness. And we prepare a way for him so that all flesh may see this glory. We prepare a way, Father, by opening up our scriptures, by setting the time apart to allow the Holy Spirit to write upon our hearts as Jeremiah prophesied of our day. How great it is, Father God, to have the canonization of revelation. Lord God, all the scripts, all the papyri, Lord God, collected from all the prophets, all the apostles and teachers, Father, we have it at our fingertips. Lord, we ask forgiveness for not being in your word more. and We pray for cleansing from that. We pray that the will of God be birthed in us, Father to such a degree that we desire your word more than gold, yea, much more than fine gold, Father, that we would seek after it with all of our hearts because we know that, Lord God, as many as believe him to then give you power, that uh, we would become the sons of God. For you have begotten us by your word to become sons. It is by believing and receiving your word that we enter into the house. And there is no sickness or disease in your house, Father. So we just rebuke it and break it off our lives. And we ask that, Father, you'd cause your glory to come down. Father, listen to our earnest. Jesus prayed it years ago That the glory you had given him We would somehow come to know Make us one according to your plan Isn't it And righteousness, you desire the world to see. 
church is sick in need of God alone. And people, we must see His face. If we turn from our unrighteousness, He'll forgive our evil ways. God, we just pray that your glory would rest in this place, that same glory that Jesus himself exemplified and walked in, Lord God. The glory of God is something that you've called us to by your gospel. And so, Father, we just uh, get serious with you and we set aside time to get into your word and to be filled with it, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we praise you. 
Well, our next scripture is going to be 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 3. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. And uh, we are the children of God, and we have come to that spiritual birth. We've been born again, but there's not strength to bring it forth. There's not strength to bring forth that reality of Christ. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 17, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality. God wants us to give birth to the Son of God. He wants us to give birth to that same reality, that same quality of life that Jesus himself walked and lived and breathed and moved in. Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 19 was being attacked, and uh, he cried out. He said, you know, this is a day of trouble. This is a day of rebuke and blasphemy. Does it sound? Does that sound familiar to you? He said, you know, the children are come to the birth. We've got the birthright. We've been born again, but this thing just isn't working. There's no strength to, to bring forth this reality, Christ himself being that reality. Paul in Galatians chapter 4, four verse 19 says, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. God wants Christ to be formed in us. He wants that reality, that same reality that Jesus walked in and enjoyed, which was that household, that, that, that kingdom in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've planted your word in my mouth. That, you've put your word in my mouth that, I might plant the hev- that you might plant the heavens, Father. That's Isaiah 51, verse 16. He's put his word in our mouth that he might plant the, the heavens. And Jesus said, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted shall be plucked up. God doesn't want depression in you. He wants to pluck it up. He doesn't want uncontrollable anger in you. He wants to pluck it up. He doesn't want poverty in your life. He wants you to pluck it up. And uh, as many as received him, who's him? him? Him is the word. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become, to enter into the house, and to walk in that same thing that Jesus walked in. He didn't walk in depression. He didn't walk in poverty. He didn't walk in uncontrollable anger, but when they they smote his cheek, he turned the other cheek. Would you like to be able to do the same? Would you like to be able to forgive? Would you be able to like to turn the other cheek? Would you be able like to, to have joy in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of people rejecting you and turning on you and backstabbing you? Would you like to have the same type of life that Jesus himself enjoyed and walked in? Well, the blessing is ours. The opportunity is ours. As I said earlier, Titus chapter 1, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, what happened due times and manifested his word through preaching. God wants to manifest in these times the hope of eternal life, that same quality of life that Jesus enjoyed. He wants you to taste it and to walk in it and be blessed by it. He wants you to be filled by it. 
And the way that we get there is by taking his word seriously. And we haven't been doing that because I don't see a whole lot of uh, little Christ walking around everywhere. There's lots of good church people out there, but how many are really exemplifying the life of Christ and doing the works that he did? And the way that we get there is by quarantining God's word, is by quartering off time in his scriptures, that as we receive him, as many as received him, to them gave he power. The same power that he has is predicated upon you receiving him. Those who understand it, understand the word, receive it, hear it, bring forth a huge harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. Father, we just give you praise. We pray, Father, that you would help us to shift our shift our wills, Father, towards your word. Pull us out of the distractions of the world. That we would be filled with glory, Father. That we would once again experience our first love. Even the Bible, Father. Even you speaking through this tool that you've given us to be exercised with. To develop character. To develop uh, discipline, Father. Lord, it is you that work in us both the will and the do of your good pleasure. It is not by our might nor by our power, but by the Spirit of the Lord God. Father, we can do nothing in and of ourselves, but it is you who stir our hearts. And so, Father, stir our hearts unto recommitting our lives to your word, that we would start out doing what we can do, Father, whether it's just a psalm or just a verse to meditate on throughout the week, Father, we would somehow find a way to reach out to your word. And, Lord, you promised that as we turn to you, you would turn to us. Lord God, we turn to you now. We turn to confess our need for your word, that we see that you have a plan for this word, that there are four soils, Lord God, and you sent your word, and as many as receive it, to them, they become impregnated with a huge harvest. Father, may we be impregnated and give birth. Lord God, may we give birth to the reality of Christ, that we would become little Christ, little examples of Christ on the earth, that uh, there would be that strength to bring forth until Christ be formed in us. For Father, your word is a bridge to walk in the reality of the person of Christ, that he can move through us, live through us, to touch the family and friends and coworkers and neighbors that are round about us, Father. You want us to light fires everywhere for you. And we just give you thanks and praise, Father, for this high. And I just pray in the blood of Jesus upon all those listening, that you'd lead them into quiet moments with your word that they would have the anointing and the blessing and the peace of God come upon their lives through your holy scriptures. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Patrick Sanders. This has been another episode of uh, Prayer International, Staying in the Word. I encourage you all to continue in God's word, and thanks for listening.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.